Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Mwah to all of our viewers on SWX and on our uh, Two Tell Nuanas YouTube channel. Uh, Wreck It Ralph is what you're, what you're looking at. Right what here. is that for people that don't know, like me? Uh, well, I mean, come on, you know what Wreck It Ralph is, I don't. right? I it's no a idea. movie. It's a movie. It's a cartoon, okay. a feature film, a feature film length animation, and then it was uh, had a follow up called Ralph Breaks the Internet, which more specifically, if you really want to know, that is what I am from. Now, I have not hit the mark exactly on this thing uh, today, but I have gotten close enough to be Wreck-It Ralph. I didn't do the big hands. It would be hard to do the radio show with, like, the fake big Hulk hands, which he's got, you know, because that's how Ralph... I mean, you know Wreck-It Ralph, the video game, right? If you go back... Oh, my goodness. I don't, man. My goodness, you are in the you are in the absolute wrong time zone because you're too young to know about the video game and you're too old to know about the movie. Mm-hmm. Wreck It Ralph is like one of the original like Nintendo slash upright arcade video games. Okay, maybe I do know then. So Ralph is just going around breaking all the bricks, knocking houses down, doing the thing. Then they made a movie out of it later for the kids. Anyway, my daughter wanted to be Vanellope, who is Ralph's best friend, but it's impossible to be that character as a Halloween costume without Ralph himself. Thus, I was thrust into this role. And as it turns out, our entire family is now going as a five-some from the film Ralph Breaks the Internet. And probably, and we're going to finally agree on this when it comes to fame, a half a percent of the population has seen the movie Ralph Breaks the Internet. Like, mm. it, it, it's, it's it, I think people know about this, the existence of the Ralph franchise or whatever, sort of, but, you know, to know who these people are from the movie would, I, I, I had no clue up until about two weeks ago when I was forced to watch the movie for the sake of research for the big day. Uh, so anyway, 
That's me. I hope you're having a great Halloween. I'm happy to be here on with all of you. And, uh, you know, for the, for what it's worth, drive slow and drive safe out there. We got everybody running around on the streets. It's cold. It's going to be a little bit icy. Just take it easy, okay? Enjoy yourselves. Get there two minutes later than you would have gotten there and let everybody just enjoy the evening that is going around and having free goodies given to uh, all the kids uh, across the state. Okay, uh, in the show today, Grizzly football versus Portland State. Uh, we are going to uh, hear from both Bobby Houck and Jesse Sims. Colter, you went down, interviewed both those guys. Obviously, Jesse Sims, number 37, uh, the uh, legacy number for the Grizzlies. So we'll hear from both of those guys here off the bat. We will also uh, be joined by Brett Hine in this first. First hour from uh, Weber State. Well, not from Weber State. He covers Weber State uh, for the Standard Examiner in Utah. And uh, I, that is the biggest matchup in the country, Sa- uh, Sac State versus Weber State this weekend. So we'll hear from him. We will also It's talk- also basketball season. And uh, Brett, mm. Brett is a great great source when it comes to Big Sky Conference basketball. So Excellent. He's been covering Weber State for a long time. And uh, he's got a good gauge on Weber and the Big Sky. So we'll get into MSU and uh, uh, Port, uh, and Southern Utah as well in this first hour. At the top of the hour, very excited about this, although a somewhat melancholy uh, uh, impetus for this. But Dennis Erickson going to join us. Obviously, former uh, Montana State quarterback, former head coach, obviously most notably at a bunch of different places, but Miami, where he won a national championship uh, uh, there at the uh, at the University of Miami, where, as they say, the U. Uh, but Sam Jankovic, who was the uh, uh, athletic director at Miami through three different head coaches, each of whom won a national championship yep. at, at Miami. But it hails from Butte, was the head coach at Butte, played at Montana. He passed away yesterday uh, at the age of 85. Uh, a legendary figure in, real, I mean, nationally, frankly, no in, in the uh, scales of, of, uh, of football in general, college football in particular, and one of the most... Uh, Famous and perhaps notorious and certainly most memorable stretches of any school in any sport ever is the late 80s, early 90s University of Miami football. And he was the AD that was there. Of course he's from Butte. You know, the, he, the, 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 the guy who put that thing together. But anyway, Dennis Erickson, who, of course, is a legendary coach in his own right, going to join us to talk about all that stuff, but specifically with a lens on on the life and times of Sam Jankovic uh, as he passed yesterday. So we will certainly look having, forward to having Coach Erickson on at 5 o'clock there. Sam Jankovic, we inducted him into the Montana Football Hall of Fame two years ago, and I had a, a sit-down interview with him for about 25 minutes and uh, it was certainly one of the highlights of my career. It was awesome to just hear his stories and hear his motivation and hear from the guy who was honestly the architect of one of the most famed football teams and programs right. ever. I mean, the University of Miami changed college football forever. And Helen, Howard Schellenberger and Jimmy Johnson and Dennis Erickson all hired by Sam Jankovic. So uh, it's like my brother said when I told him Sam had passed away. He said... A life well lived, which is the ultimate win. And when you mm. live in the world of sports, it's all about winning and losing. And Sam Jankovic definitely a winner by all accounts. So I was uh, sad to hear of his passing, but 85 years old and everything he accomplished, a life well lived, no doubt. Uh, that is our uh, show outlook. It is brought to us by MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. The most fun, the most insured gutter cleaning service around. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Colter, let's start with the University of Montana and their game this weekend uh, at Portland State, the last road game 
until the last road game uh, for the Grizzlies. They'll be home each of the next two weekends to finish their regular season home slate against uh, Idaho and Weber State. And then, of course, uh, the Montana State game on the 23rd this year in Bozeman. Uh, but we wanted to you know, focus in on this game a little bit. You went down and talked with Bobby Houck yesterday. You also talked with uh, uh, Jesse Sims yesterday. Focusing on a couple of different things, we're going to hear it, but mostly uh, quite a bit about the, the young but also productive defensive linemen that they have had uh, playing uh, on the team so far. So let's hear a couple of, uh, this is you know an interview uh, here with Coulter, and we'll start with uh, his one from yesterday with Bobby Houck. One thing that I think has gotten a little bit overlooked is how good he has been on punt team and on punt coverage team, too. So, first of all, what do you thought of the job Adam Wilson's done and just how locked in is he as a punter right now? Adam's done a good job, both uh, both punting and kicking off. Um, you know, when your, special, when your specialists are playing well, uh, gives your special teams a chance to be good. And, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're covering kicks and punts really well right now. What's that a product of? I mean, how do you cultivate talent and production on that unit, especially the guys that are covering the kicks? <laughs> um, you know, we, we coach them hard, just like we do the other two phases of the game. Um, those guys are, are hungry to make plays for their team. I think that's probably the most important thing. And, and then along with that, they understand what we're trying to do. I asked Jesse Sims a similar question, but the young defensive linemen that have seemed to kind of rise up and have been making some plays for you guys, guys like Milton Mamula and Alex Gubner, um, what does it take at, when you're a young guy to be able to produce uh, in the Big Sky Conference? Because it seems like that's one of the positions that may be behind when you're first, when you're first, you know, just starting out. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think you have to be good up front, or you're not going to be very good on either side of the ball. And you know, we're we're at a spot right now in our development as a program where we've had to play some young guys and it's not always productive but you know they're they're taken to it and they've worked hard and it's good for our team to see them making plays and certainly we're happy for them as individuals. Jacob McGoran from Cheney Washington gets a sack against Eastern Washington so what'd you think of that moment that he had on Saturday? Well he's a he's a Jacob's a good young player um he's done a really nice job you know when we recruited him last year I thought he was probably the top player in our class going into it. Yeah, that's kind of trying to predict the future a little bit, but I was pretty high on him, and I'm glad to see him having uh, a good freshman year. Was, Saturday was the first time my brother had been able to be on the sidelines and see some of these guys coach, and he said Barry Sachs is <laughs> so good at just the enthusiasm part of the game. What do you think of just the, the enthusiasm and the excitement he brings to the D-line? Well, Barry's got a lot of energy, uh, which is great, and, and that's how you have to play on defense. Um, certainly up front but across the board on defense and it's uh if you're not having fun coaching and you don't have energy for it you should be doing something else last question for you the guy that seems to have one of the most um random stories is is dylan cook a guy who played quarterback in high school and at montana state northern and now he's been getting tons of reps at right tackle for you guys so what's been the key to his progression what have you thought of just that evolution well it's kind of interesting we're we're there playing a former quarterback at right tackle but <laughs> right. but you know they come from all they come from all kinds of different backgrounds, and that's a pretty unique one, certainly. Not the first time I've seen that, but but uh, Dylan's done a really nice job. He's worked hard. Uh, he's getting better at it. Um, and, again, he's probably still in the infancy of his development as an offensive lineman, but he's doing a good job. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. 
Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Byfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. There you go. Uh, Bobby Houck sort of emphasizing... Well, we're playing the young guys because we have to, not necessarily because they're ready, but as such, they've done pretty well in the spot that they've been in. And if you didn't know, or if you, you know, if you weren't, whether you believe or not that that is actually the case, which it may well be, if you were watching the game on the field, you wouldn't think that. You wouldn't think that, oh, they're only playing these young guys because they got nobody else or they don't want to play anybody else. You'd think that they're playing these young guys because these are some pretty good football players that have been productive for this team. Well, they have several guys that are really physically mature for being freshmen or redshirt freshmen. I mean, Alex Gubner, he's got the size and strength already. I mean, he's 6'3", 285 pounds. He's by no means overmatched physically. Uh, Milton Mamula and Jacob McGoring are both coming along, but they are advanced in the way that they use their hands, the fundamentals that they use, the way they come around the edge. I mean, last year, the statistical analysis was crazy. Montana, I think, only had two or three sacks among their defensive linemen. And, and that's such a far cry from where they were when Bobby Houck was here, but also, you know, where they were even when Bobby Houck wasn't here. I mean, Zach Wagman mm-hmm. was the big side defensive player of the year. He had a double-digit sack season his senior year. Tyrone Holmes led the country in sacks with 18 of them and was the Buck Buchanan Award winner his senior year. So there's been great pass rushers at Montana for a long time. And for whatever reason, the, the lines were just so impacted from the multiple coaching changes to the scholarship reductions to the way that the teams were recruiting. And, and so... Fortifying those positions is crucial, and, and you count them up now, they already have 11 sacks amongst their defensive linemen. And again, that's still not a crazy high number when you are uh, eight or nine games into the season, but it's a lot better than it was. And mm-hmm. the guys, you know, the thing is, it's not, this day and age, we got to readjust the way we look at several different things. There used to be baseline numbers that you look at that you wanted for goals or uh, when you're analyzing what's good and what's not. Total yards and sacks are two of the things that have changed so much. Like now, it used to be if you were giving up 400 yards of total offense, you were an awful defense. Now, if you're giving up 400 yards of total offense, you're an average to above average defense. That numbers move more towards like 450, 475 because everybody's getting so many yards. The games are played between the 20s now, and it's all about maximizing inside the 20s. But sacks... I mean, Montana used to get 40, 50 sacks in a year. You're not, that's never going to happen again, I don't think. I mean, Weber State had an elite defensive line last year, and they won multiple playoff games, and they still ended up with 40 sacks last year. So we just kind of got to readjust. But also, though, quarterback hits, quarterback hurries, especially in the defense Montana plays, those are essential. And like Milton Mamula, you're looking at his stats. He's only got one sack, but he's come around the edge, and he's put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. He's right. doing a good job. Jacob McGoing, he's only playing spot minutes because he's a true freshman, and they're trying to uh, they're trying to maintain that redshirt possibly. 
But when he's been in, he's been good. He had a sack against UC Davis. He had a sack against Eastern Washington. So uh, he's showing flashes as well. And I just I find it fascinating that they've been able to get better production out of their young guys than they did over the old guys they inherited. I think it's just a true testament to the upgrade and talent that they've added already. Well, and you heard Bobby Houck there say he thinks Jacob McGorry was maybe the the number one recruit from the from the you know from his class uh, in terms of guys that committed and and came to the University of Montana and so the uh, the upside and the expectation as well for him is uh, very high. Jesse Sims, number 37 for the Grizzlies, nose tackle interior lineman, had a chance to talk with Coulter and you know, I don't know if people know people know how big a guy Jesse Sims is and and you know how strong and all that kind of stuff. I'll tell you this for sure though, his voice Makes him seem exactly as big as he actually is. D-line's probably the hardest spot to play when you're young just because you don't have the strength and the size right. yet. Yeah. What, what is it like for those guys to learn, and how impressed have you been for the, with those guys being able to kind of break in and make plays here and there? Uh, I've been really impressed with them. And, you know, uh, like you said, you know, physical aspect of it is big on D-line, but um, we have some pretty developed young D-linemen. So, you know, physically they're right there with everybody else, and they're, they're, they're learning just as much as anybody I've ever seen, so it's cool to see. Seems like Mamula's got some natural skills just coming off the edge. What do you think he just brings, especially as kind of like a third-down specialist? Uh, just He's super athletic, gets off the ball quick, um, good in pass rush. So, I mean, that's why I see him in a lot of third downs because he can get after the quarterback. How about Governor? He's got two picks. He almost had a third one on Saturday. That's like Fat Man's dream to get picks like that. But, I mean, what is it? how has he been able to develop and be such a good contributor as a young guy? Um, Gov was one of those guys that came in and physically he was ready from day one. I mean, he's a big, strong, athletic kid. Um, it was just getting him to learn, learn the defense and everything. And, um, and he's came leaps and bounds with that, so he's obviously making plays and stuff now. I know they're kind of using McGoring as a spot guy, you know, bringing him in when they can, to try, maybe try to save the redshirt if, they, if you need to. Who knows what's going to happen there, but for him to get a sack against Eastern, you know, he's from Cheney's dad, uh-huh. played there, so that must have been cool for you guys to watch. Yeah, no, that was awesome. It was, it's something we kind of give him shit about a lot, is that he's from Cheney, especially <laughs> last week playing Eastern, so yeah, that was cool Cool for him to get a sack against him. He has a ton of talent. He's going he's gonna to be a stud. I know you've been playing since you were a young guy, but now you're kind of the old dog in the group, so what's that experience it's like kind of being the guy that everybody looks to for advice and to kind of teach them and lead them along the way. Um, it's a cool experience just because, you know, I had those older guys above me that I looked up to and learned from. So it's 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 cool to be one of those guys that, um, you know, is helping the younger guys along the way. When I say you're entering now your last month of college football, <laughs> how does that make you feel? It, it, it goes by so fast. I mean, it does. I remember, you know, seniors telling me that my freshman year. I was like, yeah, I don't know. It was five years ahead of me, but um, it flies by. It really does. So I'm um, just going to try to make the most of it. And I know that the whole team's going to do the same thing. So. A matchup on Saturday. Portland State trying to mess with your eyes a lot with the pre-snap motions and all that. What do you think of their offense and how do you slow them down? Um, I mean, we've we've faced offenses similar to them that, you know, do a lot of pre-snap movements and stuff. So, um, you know, we're preparing the same way and I'm um, just trying to read keys before the snap and uh, I know we'll be just fine. What do you think is the potential of this team for the next month and, and how do you guys hope to finish this thing strong? Uh, I think the only thing that's going to hold, hold us back is us. You know, we got to... We have the talent to make a big impact this year, and um, so we just got to keep preparing and working the way we are, and um, the future's really bright the rest of the season. There you go, Jesse Sims, number 37 for uh, the University of Montana, a guy who you don't hear from a whole lot. You know, he he, he doesn't do a ton of press and a, a ton of media and stuff like that, but yet is also uh, uh, certainly a leader on this team, a guy that, that uh, that that dudes look up to, and he's been you know an anchor on the front of that line now for a couple of years, and you know that 
the the heart that he plays with and what he puts into it is something that you know other guys are looking up to, looking at him uh, for. And he's sort of not sort of he is the the centerpiece and and the solo chief of the defensive line because Montana actually had a couple older guys when Coach Houck took over, and those guys were emotional leaders, but. Sims is the old dog in the room now, and right. with all these young guys playing around him, they're not—they're not, they're not even really playing any juniors on the defensive line right now. It's Sims, and then a bunch of sophomores and freshmen. And so I, th- I do think that they look to him quite a bit. I talked to Braden Deming a little bit too. Wanted to interview those young guys, but they're not allowed to do interviews as freshmen or redshirt freshmen at Montana. So uh, getting the perspective of those guys would be interesting. But you know, the young guys have been good enough that. Some of the transfers they brought in, Joe Babros from North Carolina State, Mason Vineyard from Washington State, those guys have hardly sniffed the field because yeah. the young guys have made the progress. And then you got to mention Patrick O'Connell as well. I wrote a feature on him on Skyline Sports a couple weeks back, but he's a guy that's played some hybrid inside linebacker, but also their red position, which is kind of their stand-up defensive end. And he's been a great pass rush specialist. He's leading the team in sacks with four. And you know, a guy that came out of Kalispell Glacier, didn't get a sniff from the Grizz under the last coaching staff, went to the University of Mary and came back uh, when Bobby Hout came back, walked on, and now has earned his way, and I'm sure he's in line to get a big scholarship boost in the offseason. But they all look to Sims. They all think of him as uh, you know, sort of the chief of the group. So um, he's playing a, a pivotal role both in the sacrifice he makes because of what he has to do in the scheme, but also just because uh, he is the the old leader that everybody yeah. looks up to. Uh to tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. It's also, too, it, it's interesting to me that in this scheme that, that, that Coach Sachs has put together and can't bear, that the linebackers and the back end seem to have the more exposure, I, I guess, than what the defensive line has. And part of that may be just because it has been such a young group. It's taken a little while for maybe some of those more impact plays to be made. And as those guys have matured more and more throughout the year, you're seeing, I think, maybe more of those. But also, I mean, you th- this is set up to have, you know, Lewis and Olsen running around the field knocking guys over, and it's it's built to have you know Robbie Hauk as a as a Grizz roving center fielding safety occasionally just cut bait and rush to quarterback on a you know on a on a on a gap blitz that he, that you know he might not see coming. Those are splash splash plays that everybody sort of sees, uh, but the defensive line has held its water and they've done a decent job this football team against the rush uh, overall and uh, and obviously has put this team you know in a position to win where they have they have certainly carried their weight. I think the offense tends to get and especially with all the scoring that Montana has done uh, a little bit more shine a little bit more exposure uh, but the the defense certainly hasn't been uh, uh, an issue throughout the course of this year and and that's a credit to them Montana right now fourth in the league in rushing yards allowed 125 rushing yards allowed uh, per game in conference play Grizz are third allowing about around the same number um, and I was I was thinking about this the scheme is set up so that Dante Olson and Robbie Howe get a ton of tackles, and that's that's how it's been. But also, it's a symbiotic relationship. All the guys on the defense cause a ton of chaos to let those guys make tackles, but the chaos also exists because the two, those two guys are such tremendous open field tacklers, too. They don't necessarily have to run traditional style run fit stuff because Dante Olson can play multiple gaps. Robbie Houck can run the lane multiple 
avenues. And so those guys are built. It, it's a, it's a, now that they're, they're really starting to get it down, it, it's a really funky but also really cool scheme to watch. And I think that's why you see a couple players be so prolific. But pay attention to everybody else because the chaos that everybody else creates is what allows those guys to roam free and do what they do. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Sports Center. Sam Jankovic, one of Montana's most legendary sports figures over the last half a century, passed away at his home in Hayden Lake, Idaho, Wednesday. He was 85. The former Butte High football coach is the only coach in the Mining City to uh, lead the Bulldogs to multiple undefeated state championship seasons. He did so a few years after finishing his playing career at Montana. But Jankovic earned his most prominence as the athletic director first at Washington State and then at Miami. Jankovic hired Howard Schellenberger, Jimmy Johnson, and former Montana State quarterback Dennis Erickson, and each head coach led the Hurricanes to national titles between 1983 and 1991. The Montana women's soccer team are the regular season champions of the Big Sky Conference. The most stingy defensive outfit in the league proved to be just that once again with a 1-0 win at Eastern Washington on Wednesday that secured an undefeated Big Sky record and the regular season banner. Kendall uh, Furrow scored a header off a corner kick with 78 minutes into the match, which was the deciding goal, and Claire Howard made one save in recording her UM record 26th career shutout. Montana finishes the regular season with a 6-0-3 record in league play. Four of UM's six wins came by 1-0 margins. Two of UM's three ties were also scoreless draws. The Grizz play in the Big Sky Tournament semis next Thursday. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. In the nation at the FCS level is happening in the Big Sky Conference as Weber State visits number six, Sacramento State. Weber State number three in the nation. Big game. Let's talk about it. It's Tutel and Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Celia and online at KurtzPolaris.com. We go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in from the Standard Examiner there in Utah covering Weber State, Brett Hine. Brent, thanks so much for being us. How are you? 
Good. How are you doing, guys? Doing great. We're certainly happy to have you on. We appreciate it. You know, it's interesting because uh, Montana and Montana State have yet to play Weber State, and so they're a team that obviously we've been paying attention to because they've been ranked in the top five basically this entire season, uh, but haven't really gotten up close and personal with them. We know that Jay Hill loves special teams, got a great defense, really good running game that's come on later in the year, but tell us more specifically about this Weber State team and what's making them so good. Uh... I mean, it's it's the recipe you just you just outlined. Um, like I said, I know everything there is to know about Weber State. I covered it all. You know, no problem. Um, no, it's. Uh, I mean, it's exactly that. It starts with their defense, um, and especially the defensive line. Um, I mean, a lot of people know Jonah Williams and Adam Rodriguez on the outside, but uh, I mean that unit goes eight deep without too much difficulty. Um, they like to get guys in and out, keep them fresh keep the attack going and they've got I mean they've got a, a defensive end who's not even on the depth chart in George Tarlis he's a sophomore I believe and he's you know he's recording sacks he had two strip sacks at Idaho um, he's not even on the two deep so like that's that's really where it starts um, and then they've caught caught some younger linebackers and and especially the secondary up to speed as the, as the season has gone um, they're really young but but talented in those areas that's kind of where it starts Weber State has established such a defensive reputation under Jay Hill, but this year they've been scoring points too. I think against Big Sky Conference opponents, if you count the Cal Poly game, that was not a conference game, but against a Big Sky team, they're averaging 39 points per game in those five games. So what have you seen out of their offense? How have they been able to manufacture so many more points than they have in previous years? Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. That's I think that's where Weber State, for, for some reason, I don't nationally, I guess they'd, I feel like they don't get discussed quite as much just because they're not as sexy. They, they're not a usual big sky team. They don't throw it all over the place and score 50 points a game. And, you know, they're, they're kind of the anti-big sky team in a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, this season, if you look at the numbers, they, they, they've, I think you said 39, I have 38 in the six FCS games. So that includes, uh, when they played Northern Iowa, who's a top 10 team. Um, and yeah, they, they, they're. I'll put it this way: they're they still struggle at times to be consistent with both the run and the pass game. Um, but what they've gotten a lot better at is um, they've cut down on sacks, uh, they've cut down on uh, fumbles while being sacked, and they've cut down on interceptions. They generally don't give the ball very up very often. You know, maybe once a game, and, and that's really helped them uh, continue to to. to I guess grind away at opposing defenses like they did last week at UC Davis. They had a lot of chances to to really hammer UC Davis early, and instead were kicking field goals. But they just kept kept grinding, and next thing you know, they were up by 22, and and the game was over. Um, you know, late. So that's kind of where where they come in, and 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 Jay Constantine kind of being finally being able to step back into the starting role consistently after uh, injuring his knee. He's got a few games under his belt again, um, and he's becoming more efficient. And they're they're getting better uh, big play opportunities out of the run out of the passing game. Uh, is, is kind of what they're always looking for uh, these past two seasons. 
Want to get into this matchup with Sac State, but first of all, we got to ask you about Josh Davis's huge day against NAU a couple weeks ago. He rushed for over 300 yards, and watching the game, they just wore NAU down, and then all of a sudden they started getting big chunk plays, and he just kept on coming, kept on coming. It's a rare thing this day and age to watch a guy get 30-plus carries in a game, but he was able to do it and average a, at a high clip when he was rushing like that, too. So what did you see that day? How was he able to be so productive and, and have the highest rushing total in the country this season? Yeah, that's one of those games I, I tell people, you know, as a journalist, you don't you don't root for teams, but you root for stories, and, and new records is always, a, you know, at the top of the list of, of things you want to see. Or just as a fan, when you used to show up at a game, you want to see something memorable, right? So, um, yeah, what happened there is, uh, I don't know, for some reason, Northern Arizona just, I mean, their run defense isn't great, but they just did not seem ready on the first drive. And Davis ripped off uh, 20-something and then 50-something yard runs on the first drive. So it took him two carries in like a minute, and he was almost to 100 yards. And then from there, they they were just relentless on the ground. And and Chris Jackson ran for 111 yards on 22 carries himself, um, aside from from Davis's record day. So uh, they just – that was probably the best game they've had as far as uh, offensive line execution. And they use the Clay Moss at fullback a lot, and he's they're kind of increasing his role in the formations where they use him in the run game, um, which is, again, kind of the anti-Big Sky thing, that, that they have a fullback at all. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how that got rolling, and they just, they just wore him down. And, and uh, you know, by, by the end, I think Northern Arizona just kind of gave up. They, they had done everything they could, and they just couldn't stop it. Brett Hine joining us. He uh, covers Weber State for the Standard Examiner uh, there in Utah. And let's talk about this matchup, uh, Brett, because Weber State is the the team that sort of was on everybody's radar to start the season. And, uh, again, a top-five team, top-six, seven-team all season long. And here they are at third in the nation. Sacramento State is the team that everybody was wondering about in a first-year head coach and a, a quarterback coming off serious injuries and so forth. And they have just avalanched everybody they've played. They're, in fact, a favorite in this game at home. Uh, what do you think about this matchup in particular? How does it set up for Weber State, what Sacramento State does so well, which is quite a lot, frankly? Yeah, yeah. that's And it's interesting. I talked to Jay Hill a couple days ago, and and if you remember, two years ago, Sacramento State was probably a win away from going to the playoffs. Um, and that it was probably Weber State winning at Sac State in a non-conference game. They kept the Hornets from the playoffs. And then last year, they just got hammered by injuries. So I, I feel like every starter got hurt at some point last year. So uh, Jay Hill isn't, very, isn't too surprised that, that, that they're at this point. Um, and, and, yeah, they they pose a lot of threats offensively, obviously. I mean, I, for, for Troy Taylor to come in with his offense, I don't think you could ask for too much of a better combo in the big sky than uh, Kevin Thompson and Elijah Dotson to kind of set up the, what they do offensively. Um, they've just a lot of skill and experience there, that, and they've just really taken off with that with that offense. Um, the game, the the matchup is going to be similar to what Weber State has tried to do against, uh, like Eastern Washington last year and UC Davis and, and Northern Arizona. Um, they're going to rely on that that defensive line to help shut down the run game, and hope that they can make make Sac State throw the ball on every down and, you know, try to get at least somewhat of a lead early and 
see if they can force him to, to, to chuck it all over and see if they can, you know, create some mistakes or inefficiencies there. Because that's, I don't think you can, with Sac State, I don't think you can pick one or the other or pick both and stop both. So um, that's that's the key there. And then on the other side, you know, Sac State's defense is, is just as good, you know, statistically. Um, you know, they played, you know, they did play a non-D1, and they also played Northern Colorado in non-conference, and that Northern Colorado is a pretty terrible team. But um, just overall, they still appear to be capable and, and causing problems defensively. Montana ran into that. Um, so Weaver's going to have that, that same challenge. They're going to have to be able to find, figure out a way to run the ball or else uh, you know, their, their pass game might not be able to carry the load if their run game is entirely ineffective. Weaver State been one of the teams to beat in the Big Sky in football the last couple of years, but that's a new occurrence. Long-time basketball power, though, so we got to talk a little bit of hoops before we get you out of here, Brett. I know um, basketball season on the horizon. Everybody's been playing their exhibition games, their secret scrimmages and stuff like that. Uh, but Weaver, the last couple years, have been so good early in the conference season and then have sort of faded down the stretch. And I know that they have a big year coming up with Jared Harding as a senior. But overall, how do you see just the state of the Weaver State program? They, they're always going to be one of the better programs in the Big Sky Conference. But what's the feeling around this year's Weaver State team? Uh, the feeling is that, you know, they should be good, uh, like usual. Last year was, uh, was a little confusing. They they certainly had the talent, um, but for for certain reasons, they were just inconsistent from game to game. Especially, you know, like you said, they came out. I think it was the first eight games and and looked really good. And after that, uh, ran into some problems. So this year, I think uh, with with Jared Harding and Cody John as kind of their senior leaders, um, uh, I think you know Coach Ray is, is optimistic about that leadership. And uh, Cameron Davis is a transfer from Pitt who just got a, a, his waiver approved, so he can play immediately. Um, he's a long, uh, athletic, uh, like two-three guard, uh, who's who's also got a, a great deal of leadership. And it, it it's really about they're, they're hoping that all the youth that they've had these last several years will finally turn into some some kind of experienced team. The freshmen, all the freshmen that played last year, becoming sophomores. You know, I guess what I'm getting at is they're hoping that that creates more depth than anybody else has. Because um, I think Eastern Washington, for example, might have the best starting lineup in the league. Um, so, but I think Weber has you know top star talent, Jarek Harding, and hopefully a lot of depth. Is I think the field is around the program. If that can come together, then they'll be contenders again. Well, Brett, Coulter got to ask a basketball question. He's on cloud nine. He's thrilled to death <laughs> as we got into it. Hey, we really appreciate you joining us, giving us a little insight into uh, into this game uh, for, for the weekend and also uh, the start of basketball season as well, okay? Yeah, I, I appreciate it. It's, good. I, it's an exciting weekend. Like you said, basketball starting, and uh, who would have thought the, what the game of the year so far would be in Sacramento, but, but here we are. Ends the night, last game, it'll be... It'll be a good day of football. No doubt. No doubt. We'll enjoy it. Thanks so much, Brett. We appreciate it. Brett High covering uh, Weber State for the Standard Examiner uh, there in Ogden. We appreciate his time, uh, certainly. We'll take a quick break on the other side. We'll get into the Montana State-Southern Utah game. A little bit talk about that. And then again, top of the hour, Dennis Erickson, former head coach, uh, a bunch of different places, including the University of Miami, uh, where he was the head coach for Sam Jankovic, uh, who was 
was the athletic director at that time. Sam Jankovich, a Butte native, dying yesterday, passing at the age of 85. So we'll talk to Dennis Erickson about his life and times and, uh, and the cross, the move from Butte to the U in uh, Miami at 5 o'clock. Montana State, though, right after this. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. You want to win? Something from us. I mean, it is Halloween. Everybody's giving stuff away today. Why don't we join them in that? Here's the phone number. 200-8184-200-8184-406. That covers the whole state. 200-8184. You text in the word of the day. It's a kegerator from Fred's Appliance and a keg from Great Burn Brewing. Okay? That's what you're going to win. We're going to give it away a week from tomorrow. So Friday of next week, we're doing the big giveaway. You can enter every single day by just texting in the word of the day to 200-8184, the word of the day. Today, candy. I mean, obviously, the word of the day today is candy. It is Halloween. You text in candy to 200-8184 right now, and you are entered to uh, win the keg and kegerator. Coulter, Montana State, they are playing Southern Utah. Uh, we had a chance to talk to Brandon Fisher, who is the defensive coordinator for Southern Utah. Uh, t- today, we will bring that interview to you tomorrow. Uh, Southern Utah coming off their first win in conference of the season. Scored 59 on uh, Idaho State, and that included getting three takeaways in the past game, three interceptions that they, they produced. Uh, but all in all, it's been a tough uh, a tough season for Southern Utah, particularly defensively. They've endured a number of uh, injuries, starting safety. They're three starting. Uh, linebackers have all gone down. So it's been tough for sure. And in this matchup with Montana State in particular, Montana State sticks to the run. It probably works out pretty well for the Bobcats because that has not been an area of strength for Southern Utah this year. Jalen Russell was a freshman All-American, one of the best corners in the league, and was my vote for on the preseason All-League team coming into this year, and then he tore his ACL the very first game. So that was a huge hit, especially considering the type of defense that Southern Utah wants to run. They need a man-to-man corner. When they were at their best, when they won the Big Sky title outright 2015, when they shared the Big Sky title in 2017, had one of, if not the best corners in the league. 2015, that guy was LaShawn Sims, who then went on to be a fifth-round draft pick and started for a couple years for the Tennessee Titans, still on the Titans roster. So he was an excellent player, and that was essential for what they want to do. And uh, so that hurt them big time. You mentioned all the other injuries they've incurred. And it's also just been a huge transition because Ed Lamb was at Southern Utah for eight years, and he built the 2015 team 
four, eight years. They had half a dozen guys that had graduated high school the previous decade. I mean, they had six guys that were class of 2009 that were then seniors on that 2015 team, six years removed from high school. They played the Mormon missionary uh, game better than anybody. A lot of the Utah schools, it's pretty standard that you go on your mission when you're 19. And so BYU especially, they'll bring in guys and redshirt them for a year and see how they are, see how they acclimate to college, and then send you on your mission. And if you weren't good, you don't get invited back. So in Utah lets you go on your mission at any time and come back at any time. That's something Ed Lamb used prevalently in in-state recruiting, and it helped him get a lot of guys that were maybe above Southern Utah's weight class. And then they ended up getting guys like James Kowser, who still plays for the Raiders, guys like Miles Killebrew, who still plays for the Detroit Lions, guys like Sims. And they have so many different dudes, and they've just been trying to rebuild after that. Demario Warren was the youngest head coach in college football when he was hired, 30 years old when he was hired as the head coach. Now he's you know three years older than that. He's the same high school class as I am, young guy. And they have a young staff. I know that they've had uh, some troubles keeping guys around just because they don't have a very big budget when it comes to paying their coaches. And so there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of challenges at Southern Utah. They overcame those challenges for a really long time. They were really solid when they were a uh, Division II school. That the, the Grizz actually played pretty prevalently. They were good when they were in the Great West, and then when they joined the Big Sky, they were very good. They made the playoffs three out of five years and won the league two out of three, but now they're in this kind of transition where they're trying to really find what they are, who they are, where they fit in. And so the Southern Utah team struggled mightily the last two years on defense. Uh, They gave up almost 275 rushing yards a game last year. That's gotten significantly better. They're giving up 215 a game this year. still last in the league. So it seems like the perfect medicine for a Montana State team that struggled on offense the last couple weeks. But we'll see. You never want to play a team that's coming off of their best game. I mean, that was Southern Utah's best game in two years, period. So something clicked. Can they harness it in Bozeman? Who knows? But it is a little bit more of a scary opponent than even it was a week ago. It's interesting because if you, you know, just take a look at the NFL, you know, New England's going to play Miami twice this year. Maybe they already played once. I don't know. Those are are games you just have to win if you're the New England Patriots. But there's also no pressure because you just are like, well, of course the the Patriots are going to beat the Miami Dolphins. One team is great. The other team is awful. And that's, you know, that's just how it's going to go. When you look at this Montana State and Southern Utah game, even a week ago, you went, well, you know, it's a must-win game, of course, but it's but it's not must-win in the sense that there's pressure because obviously it's a must-win because you're so much better than the other team. Montana State is better than Southern Utah, substantially better than Southern Utah. It is a must-win game, and they should roll, and I think they will roll on Saturday. That said, there is an element of pressure that is in this game that wasn't going to be there if what transpired last week primarily with their loss to North Dakota, but also, frankly, with the Southern Utah win where they finally gained a little bit of confidence and put up 59 points, you say, okay, we'll, we'll just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on this thing because this is a this is a no questions asked, absolutely have to win the football game, football, uh, you know, afternoon for the Montana State Bobcats, just period. And so it just seems like there's a little bit of pressure because they're, they haven't really performed in the last two weeks and specifically last week at North Dakota and you go well if it gets weird in the first 
quarter, first 20, 25 minutes of the game, does Montana State already all of a sudden tighten up? Does Montana State all of a sudden revert to some old bad habits and not play to win but play not to lose and do all the things that really snake bit them a week ago? I don't think that's going to happen because Montana State is significantly better. I mean, look, North Dakota is significantly better than South Dakota's, than Southern Utah, excuse me. And so Montana State is also that much better. But there's just that little sort of sliver that's gnawing at the back of this thing to me when you look at this matchup and you go, yeah, but Montana State's going to win. Montana State should handle this easily. But there's just this little bit where you just got to go out and do it. Again, I think they will, but it's it still has it, it's got an added element of intrigue, and it's an intrigue that Montana State would not like to have associated with it. I mean, if Montana State just remembers who they are, they should absolutely roll in this. Yes, game. right. Just run it down their throats and heat them up. It's a non-mobile quarterback. You're you're going to be able to get pressure on Christian Helbig. So Utah's had a great offensive line for a long time, and, and that's a, a part of the team that's taken a hit. Yeah. And Marquez Tucker was a second-team All-League guy a year ago, and he, he's now at least he got a had, a had a cup of coffee in the NFL. And uh, Montana State just has to not make this thing too complicated. Yeah. Run the ball, stop the run, punch somebody in the face, get out. I mean, just be tough, be who you are, be what won you games. I mean, that's. That's the formula that they've used to win when they have won over the last four years. They just got to get back to it. I expect them to do it on a likely cold November Saturday in Bozeman. It's it's the right formula, and if they don't do it, if they if they don't even, I think there's almost no chance they're going to lose this game. But if they did, that's a disaster. But if they if they don't perform up to their standard then I do think it's a point for concern. But I expect this to be the perfect medicine for them to get back on track. Noon kickoff on Saturday, Root Sports Television. Uh, We will certainly talk more about this game uh, tomorrow and get you all set up for it. Quick break. Come back. Top of the hour. Dennis Erickson, uh, former college coach, former NFL coach, national champion. In fact, two-time national champion with the University of Miami Hurricanes and a a coach under Sam Jankovic, who was the AD at Miami, a Butte native who passed away yesterday. So we'll talk with him about that. Hey, Missoula Gutter Cleaning. Dot com. That's where you need to go right now. Your gutters, they need help. You got to get the leaves out of them as the leaves have fallen off the trees. They're stuck up there. You're going to get it wet. Then it's going to freeze. Then they're going to bust. It's going to be a disaster. You got to call MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. The job has to get done. Your gutters need to get clean. You up on a ladder, you up on a roof, that we all know is a big, big no-no. Okay, that's a good way to go to the hospital. You don't want anything to do with that. You go to MissoulaGutterCleaning.com, get your estimate right now. And when the job is done, you're going to get a $20 gift card to your favorite brewery or coffee shop when the job is complete. How great is that? Okay, you have the evening to yourself, watch some football, watch a little bit of uh, uh, NFL, some college football games on on this Halloween, give away some candy, and don't worry about the rest of it. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Go online right now. Get an estimate. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. 
It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.